<laughs> I know, even that yeah, just yeah. kind of sucks the energy out of the room. So, uh, what know, dead yeah. baby jokes was... are, 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 are jokes sort of in riddle form, beginning with what uh, uh, a question, concluding with a grotesque answer, such as, uh, how many babies well, what, what, does... what, what, Wait, wait, I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we do, why don't we do some examples of dead baby jokes? Yeah, but first, you are at, uh, welcome to Comedy History 101. where we talk about the history of comedy. I'm Harmon Leon, and with me, as always, is Scott Kalonico. How are you, Scott? I'm fine, Harmon. I'm just um, taking care of my newborn baby over here. Hello, baby. Oh, oh, that gets a little bit dark, because uh, that's the topic of uh, today's podcast on Comedy History 101, is the history of dead baby jokes. Now, before oh, you really? completely wow. turn off this podcast, uh, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for all the people that have subscribed on iTunes and left all those amazing comments uh, on iTunes, and also those people that have kicked in a few dollars on our Patreon page, eh, which you can find at our website, wordsoverchair.com. So we just want to thank our loyal listeners. And with that, uh, we want to treat our loyal listeners to the history of dead baby jokes. Now, Scott, as you're mentioning, uh, could you give us a few examples of some dead baby jokes? Okay, are you ready, Harmon? Yes, I am. Okay, let me, hold on, let me quiet my newborn baby that's staying here with me. Hold on. Okay, you ready? Yes. How many babies does it take to paint a house? Uh, just none, because, like, babies really don't have the capacity to paint a house? No, it depends on how hard you throw them. Oh, oh. Yeah. What, what else, what okay, else? Hold on, I'm not done. What's more fun than nailing a baby to a post? Um, everything else in life? Ripping it off again. Ooh, ooh. That's horrible. That's awful. Yeah. Okay, well, I, got, I got one more. I got one more for you. All right, you ready? Okay, yeah. Okay. How do you get 100 dead babies into a box? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Must you? <laughs> God damn. All right. All right. I didn't read this one all the way through. Okay, let's start over. How, how do you Oh, God. Okay, yeah. Okay, you ready? How, yes. how do you get 100 dead babies into a box? I, I, I do not know. With a blender. Ooh. Yeah, it's bad. But then here's the thing. How do you get them out again? Bag of chips? Yeah, <laughs> with, a ba- with a bag of tortilla chips. I'm going to put tortilla chips in there because that would be better. 
Ah, but we're a little more descriptive. No, descriptive. So, as you all know, uh, dead baby jokes are a genre of humor, which is called black comedy. Dead baby jokes, just a little historic sort of background, began around the 1960s and ran through the 80s in, like, gallery humor, trying to make light of the worst of human atrocities. Uh, Dead baby jokes were often used in a gross-out manner. Um, I'm reading this, and gross-out is in parentheses, at at which time a participant would try to outdo the previous storyteller in recounting yet another unsavory and crude sort of example of a dead baby scenario. It's interesting because these were first kind of uh, noted or studied by the American folklore scholar Alan Dundas, who is a professor of anthropology at the University of California, in his book, Cracking Jokes, Studies of Sick Humor, Cycles, and Stereotypes. That's interesting because I did, I actually took, I took a few, um, Mm-hmm. study classes in college myself. Oh, yeah. was. Uh, did you study the works of Alan Dundas? No, I studied um, the um, the Mummer's play in medieval England. Oh, was that was that gallows-type humor? It's more different. It's kind of like the pantomimes that they do over here in the UK. And they actually mm-hmm. kind of still do, apparently they still do some kind of Mummer's play in, in Philly. It's like a big thing there, Mummer's Parade. Yeah, it's interesting. But then again, like what we're saying is like you're trying to find it's dark humor, trying to find the worst of uh, human atrocity as sort of like a coping mechanism. Um, It goes back to, I don't know, like uh, I think more recent examples are jokes like uh, uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the theater? You know, there you go. Time and distance. Uh, The humor there, her husband, Abraham. Shot in a theater. Yeah. Well, that was like I was gonna make a note of this because this is actually this is actually the last thing that last thing, the last thing they said to JFK was the um, the white Nellie Connolly, the wife of the governor of Texas, when they were in Dallas in the motorcade. She turned to the president. And she said, "Mr. President, you can't say that Dallas doesn't love you." <laughs> that was that was a, that was a true thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a true thing. But it yeah, was, she know, wasn't being true. ironic. She she wasn't no, going. My, she my statement will soon be riddled with irony, much like <laughs> right. your head will be riddled right. with bullets. Too oh, soon. Dear. Too oh, soon. Well, no, that too soon. That, too soon, dude. Too soon. But you know, I see what 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 what, what our man Alan Dundas is saying here is like you. It's black humor, uh, comedy as 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 a coping mechanism of of thinking of the worst case scenario. And, and making light of it because, and then A, it makes light of it, it diffuses it, but then also it's so dark and horrific that it it releases a cathartic reaction uh, in the uh, the joke recipients. Yeah, I mean, to, to go back to, yes, our friend Dundas, he was theorizing the dead babel, excuse me, the dead baby joke cycle began in early 60s at the same time when the second wave of feminism in the U.S. started to rise. Also, this is a time when legalized abortions and contraceptives were making their way across the country, the rise of sex education in schools, women's lib, women going to the workplace. I mean, originally, babies were kind of seen as a way for men to keep women subjugated, you know, keep them barefoot and in the kitchen is what uh, they would say in the olden days. Barefoot and pregnant with a baby in the kitchen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, not just barefoot in the kitchen. 
Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting uh, uh, phenomenon of how the jokes popped up because uh, then once again, uh, women had the freedom to do like contraceptives or or birth control where they weren't you know tied down to being uh, as you just said barefoot and pregnant. Uh, and according to Dundas in the, in this uh, essay, well, it's actually part of the book he wrote, uh, an essay in the book is the price to pay is guilt and fighting fear and dead baby jokes were used as a means to sort of dehumanize babies where it's not like a specific baby. It would be like the joke would be, as you mentioned, like how did a hundred dead babies get in a box? So they almost stopped being human in a way. A blender and tortilla chips. (laughs) Tortilla chips. That's mine. I've added that. So if they, in folklorists, they, they would categorize things because like mm-hmm. each dead baby joke would be like, like series A and then be series B. So I just kind of invented my own, you know, the, the standard response instead of saying chips. I just said tortilla chips. So I would be the, the series variant C. Oh, you and you brought uh, something that was a joke phenomenon of the 60s through the 80s up until the 2018s. Right, but I've, I've, like I've, you, you could even like say it's a type of chip uh, that yeah. is you know wasn't available back then, and then you sort of modernized the whole joke. Right. <laughs> oh, they had them back then. I guess they weren't. Yeah, I, I kind of like as a kid say I rebooted it. You rebooted it. Yeah. So another yeah. example of like how that type of humor comes into play. I, 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 I the joke that comes to mind is uh, a guy walks into a doctor's office. And the doctor says, I have good news and bad news. And the guy goes, uh, why, why don't you tell me the bad news first? And the doctor goes, uh, sorry to say, you have cancer. And the guy goes, oh, well, oh, yeah. well, tell me the good news. And the doctor goes, I have a date tonight with my receptionist. <laughs> so, again, you're playing on the worst case scenario fear of going in and being diagnosed with a deadly horrific uh you know, condition, and then you're downplaying it on the self-centeredness of the doctor. So, in a way, you're you're kind of dehumanizing what would be your worst case scenario if you did go into a doctor's office. Right, but so the do- the doctor was dating his receptionist. That was so the good news. Frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would be again, it's a dated joke. Now. The that doctor was... jokes are okay. are, are dated because you shouldn't. Uh, date in the workplace because uh, if, no, if it's, no. it's not reciprocated it's, it's seen as sexual uh, harassment, harassment. And yeah. Yeah. subject to being sued right exactly so uh, in, in another <laughs> another rise of, uh, of the dead baby joke uh, and we're talking about it came about with the rise of uh, contraceptives and, and, and women's lib uh, also a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, fear fear of technology because a lot of these jokes involve uh, what if the machines that we have, that we've created, suddenly turned against us? So like you were saying, there's a lot of jokes like uh, dead baby lawnmower type jokes or or like you say, the, the blender um, kind of scenario. And it's like uh, suddenly there was like a rise of technology. And then what if this technology that we've created, you know, sort of turns against us? Yeah, and then and then Dundas was also speculating, you know, because the, the rise of these was during the '60s, and he he was suggesting that the, the you know the the response to the images of uh, the graphic images of war that people were seeing in Vietnam 
that they were seeing on their TV screens every night now. You know, it was something to, it's kind of a coping mechanism. Yeah, exactly. So you would see these scenes of just, you know, uh, dead bodies from war. And again, it's like, in a way, you're sort of, uh, you, you become desensitized by the, the graphic uh, violence and often, you know, these horrific scenes from the Vietnam War involved like uh, infants. So again, it's like yeah. it. This is sort of the catalyst or sort of the climate of which this uh, joke genre arose from. This type of humor, you know, it dates all the way back to say uh, 1729 when Jonathan Swift uh, wrote. A Modest Proposal, which I read in a college uh, satire class, which I think is like one of the pinnacle works of satire. Have you ever read A Modest Proposal? Uh, yes, I did. I, I believe I had to read it for class as well. And, yeah, uh, it, it is great. And it, it, it's like it's like the darkest of dark humor. That's like and again, I read this book on the history of Saturday Night Live and they actually uh, quote like Jonathan Swift as this like turning point. Uh, of satire of humor and, and, and what Saturday Night Live originally was attending to do was, you know, like Jonathan Swiftian humor, which uh, the essay is all about. Uh, it's during like uh, the, I, is it is it the potato famine? Because that wouldn't be 1729. That was like the 1800s. But it was like, you know, uh, people living in poverty with no food. So the essay suggests that uh, that people should sell their children to the rich as a source of food for the rich. That was the modest proposal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Modest satire. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't real. You don't you wouldn't really do that. No, no, no. You're you're satirizing the conditions of the time. You're satirizing a class system. You're satirizing, you know, modern economics and whatnot. And anyways, it's just like you know, just a pinnacle piece of great uh, dark humor. So, uh, and what what Dundas actually said, like the whole trend of sick humor, sick humor, you know, also comes back from like in England. And in 1869, a man, an English poet named Harry Graham, he published a poem called uh, "Ruthless Rhymes for Heartless Homes." And in one rhyme of the volume, it, it, a verse goes, uh, Billy, in one of his nice new sashes, fell into the fire and was burnt to ashes. Now, although the room grows chilly, I haven't the, <laughs> I haven't the heart to poke poor Billy. Oh. That's kind of funny okay. in a dark humor way, yeah. you know, probably dark, dark stemming way, out yeah. of uh, that was a time, you know, like Ring Around the Rosie, that children's nursery rhyme, that's about the, 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 the plague. The plague. Yeah. So again, as a coping mechanism, kids made up rhymes of ring around the rosy, pocketfuls of posy, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. That's basically all the symptoms of the plague right there. The Black Death, as they called it. Yeah, I mean, I think people are just so now just kind of so accustomed to the internet where they can kind of fact check things and they forget how... Um, you know, rumors and, and, and folklore was spread, you know, was word of mouth, you know, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the ties into the, the dead baby jokes where, you know, it was, it was kind of a coping mechanism. Yeah, and also uh, the, the dead baby formula actually spawned out of earlier jokes, and it's always kind of interesting to see the evolution of jokes. Uh, originally, what they did was they were taking, like, say, 
elephant jokes, which were another popular sort of joke format, and just converted them into dead babies. Like, for example, uh, there was like an elephant joke of how do you make an elephant float? Uh, the answer would be two scoops of ice cream and an elephant. Uh, in pretty much a dead baby joke writing practitioner would change mm-hmm. that to how do you make a dead baby float? Two scoops of ice cream and a dead baby. And, and then it, there was another one. This is a, a variant of that was the frog joke, which yes. is, uh, was, this is actually the first dead baby joke I think I remember hearing. But mm-hmm. this is the frog joke was that is what's green and goes 250 miles an hour answer a frog in a blender yes so all you do is you substitute the word frog for the word dead baby boom so in a way that's almost like these early practitioners of the this genre were almost sort of hacks well first of all why don't you think we hear dead baby jokes so much anymore on the internet internet everything's on the internet man Harmon. yeah but we tell jokes we tell jokes to why do you think that genre sort of, uh, uh, so to speak, died out? I don't know. I guess maybe because we have access to much more horrible things now. And so it's, it just seems kind of quaint. Like you know? it's, it's just kind of more of a innocent time of sick humor? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, because then you get, you know, you kind of got uh, after Vietnam. Nowadays, you know, you got... Uh, Trump. Yeah, 9-11, dude. It's all back to 9-11 and Trump. Yeah, but this genre, you know, it flourished through the 80s and then sort of saw its peak. But I guess if you go back historically of what we're saying of, you know, the rise of women's lib and contraceptions and and coming out of the horrors of the Vietnam War and and kind of a fear of, like, technology of the machines that we've used as modern conveniences that somehow have turned against us within these jokes uh you know again that was all of an era where you know like we said yes we have more horrible things but uh they they seem this this joke genre seems more quaint or you know it's basically where else does it evolve to we kind of heard it all it kind of you know, it's kind of like the Meatballs movie of the the movie series Meatballs. Where where else do you take mm-hmm. where else do you take the franchise? Yeah, exactly. Where do you go? Where, 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 what's the next chapter of it? You kind of like yeah, there's exactly. no surprise. Meatballs. In, yeah. <laughs> Meatballs three with Sally Kellerman. Yeah, there's actually Meatballs yeah. four with Corey Feldman. Well, I, th- I think that was maybe that was the one. No, it wasn't. It was the one with Patrick Pat, no, Patrick Swayze, the guy from um, Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Yes. Oh, he's in four. Three. You that know, that is I a think whole he's other. Aware of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole another plot. Well, you know what I was thinking, Harmon. You know, I think we should maybe. Why don't we try to end with we, we update a dead baby joke to 2018? Okay, you go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you're you're putting me on the spot. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Oh, well, I'm, I'm trying to be. Yeah, no, that's oh, idea. You be all cyber. Be all cyber. Yeah. What's the best thing to have for breakfast? Uh, I don't know. What? Mash baby and avocado on toast. <laughs> oh, I should, have said sma- I should have said smashed avocado. That's what they say. Do they say that over there? Yeah. Um, what's the difference okay. between a truck full of dead babies and, and, and a truck full of internet routers? What? <laughs> uh, uh, with, with internet routers, you can't use a pitchfork to unload them. Okay, yeah. That's good. <laughs> <It's>, 
I was thinking about maybe, kind maybe of you know hardware. what you know what Harmon <laughs> maybe one of our maybe one of our listeners out there has has a good updated 2018 baby joke. Um, how 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 many ba- how many babies does it take to paint um, y- your your new MacBook Pro laptop? <laughs> I don't know how many. Uh, it depends on how hard do you throw them. <laughs> See that uh, again? Many, like, oh, so you yeah, you were, yeah. you're about to pose a challenge to one of our listeners? Yeah. Well, so I was going to say. Um, I don't know if. Maybe if uh, whoever our listeners out there, whoever comes up with the best, the best uh, 2018 version of the dead baby joke could win some sort of prize. Maybe a book that some one of us might have published. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I have a new book out called Meet the Deplorables, Infiltrating Trump America, available on uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But if you leave a comment with a dead baby joke, the best one, we will give you for free, for winning, an ebook copy of the book. There you go. That's it. Interactivity. I love it. What, or, or could they tweet it out to us at Words Over Chair? At Words Over Chair, uh, yes, on Twitter or you know via our website, uh, wordsoverchair.com, where you can hear all the episodes of Comedy History 101. You can support us via our Patreon page, which will be linked to there, um, which we appreciate. You know, throwing a dollar or two. Help us, you know, spend more time digging into uh, researching these topics because we love uncovering these nooks and crannies of uh, comedy history for you. Scott, anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, just our usual. We've got our uh, latest edition of This is the President is going to be up. It's going to be Harmon listening to um, LBJ's dog and making some comments about that. So that's This is the President, which you can find at the website wordsoverchair.com. Also iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Last.fm, and everywhere else you find your wonderful podcasts. Yes, so thank you. This has just been a short little mini episode of Comedy History 101. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. The good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.